In the heartland of Ohio lies a monument to both hope and horror, a place where the past whispers through the darkened hallways and forgotten cells. Welcome to Ohio State Reformatory in Mansfield, a foreboding gothic structure that looms like a shadow over the landscape. This chilling edifice has been a silent witness to tragedy, violence, and untimely death. From the fatal accident that befell the warden's wife, to the cries of inmates lost in the dreaded solitary confinement, known as the Hole, the reformatory's walls absorb the fear and despair of those who once roamed its halls. Join me as we venture into the depths of the Mansfield Reformatory, a place where history and the supernatural intertwine, leading us to question what truly lies beyond the veil of our understanding. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. We're going to start this episode off a little different with what I like to call the Phantom Files. This segment is something new I'm trying out where I will cover three paranormal topics that I have scoured the internet for because God knows the information is impossible to find, and we'll cover it here. First on our list from this week comes from Wiley Online Library from a report published called The Association Between Paranormal Beliefs and Sleep Variables. The study was conducted through a survey of 8,838 people, all above the age of 18. From the test pool, they were asked a series of paranormal questions as well as sleep variables. In this study, it was found that a higher level of paranormal belief is associated with poor sleep. It was determined that those that have a belief in the soul after death, the existence of ghosts, and people communicating with the dead, and the presence of aliens on Earth, and the subjects who reported lower sleep durations, and those that reported lower sleep efficiency, longer sleep latency, and increased insomnia symptoms. So basically, all of us who stay up late believe in ghosts. Who would have thought? So next on our list comes from Paranormality Magazine on Twitter. A video showing a mysterious pale figure near a home in the United States is gaining traction on social media. The video has been caught on CCTV installed in the area and posted to Twitter. The accompanying tweet says the video was shot near Moorhead, Kentucky. The image resembles a human-like figure. The video sparked debate around the world within the paranormal community to what it could be. I'll have the Twitter link in the show notes. And now you can pay to have the living shit scared out of you at one of the most haunted locations. People can now camp at the house that inspired The Conjuring, but not exactly. Though you pay for the tour, you spend most of the night out in the field and are allowed to camp the grounds with your own paranormal equipment, cheapskates. In an experience that they're now calling gamping, or GH camping, ghost camping, their official website states, Our new gamping experience will take you beyond the walls of the Conjuring House and immerse you in a land of an unforgettable overnight investigation within the walls of the three-person tent. Visitors are to bring their own equipment and investigate what might await in the darkness because this experience is sure to test your capability to experience the paranormal. Okay. And that wraps up the Phantom Files for this week. Like always, before we get into it, hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, or follow the show on your favorite podcasting platform. Let's get into it. In this episode, I'm going to be covering Ohio Mansfield Reformatory. And a lot of the information I'll be providing is from this book. It's titled The Haunted History of Ohio State Reformatory. It is written by Miss Sherry Brake. I had the pleasure of interviewing her right after I conducted my own investigation of the reformatory. So the reformatory is near and dear to my heart. Growing up in southwest Ohio, my entire life I heard legends about this place. For those of you that don't know, it is also the prison where they filmed Shawshank Redemption as well as scenes from Air Force One. 
Little Wayne's Go DJ music video was recorded there, as well as a couple other notable music acts. So part one, the history. So back in the late 1800s, the U.S. had a more of a stance on, on reforming men to return them to society than incarcerating them. So in an effort to do that, some northeastern Ohio investors came together to build a reformatory. An architect named Levi Schofield was commissioned to build the structure, and they settled on the location of Mansfield, Ohio. For those of you that remember New Mansfield, it's literally in the middle of nowhere, the perfect place to build this kind of thing. Unlike a conventional prison, a reformatory was meant to, to take earlier age boys, put them in education, and send them back out into the world changed. A lot of the first inmates at the reformatory were minor criminals, maybe stole something or misbehaved, um, really misbehaved. And so now they were sent to the reformatory to be reformed. The Ohio State Reformatory was opened in 1896. Levi Schofield based his design half German castle, half Gothic cathedral. He wanted people to see the building and be inspired to change their lives. Upon first opening, what had been built was the main administration building and the west cell block. Some of their first reformation was building in the very walls that would keep them inside of this reformatory. The inmates built the east cell block as well as the surrounding walls and many other parts of the property within the first several years of it being open. So even though I said the original use for the reformatory was to reform young, nonviolent criminals, that all soon changed. On April 21st of 1930, a destructive fire broke out at the Ohio State Penitentiary in Columbus. The fire remains one of the deadliest prison fires in U.S. history. A total of 322 inmates were killed, and numerous others wounded, many prisoners being trapped in their cells and unable to escape the flames. Now you may ask how this affects the reformatory, which was miles north of the penitentiary. Well, they needed somewhere to take those other prisoners. And you guessed it, the Mansfield Reformatory. The reformatory being exactly that, a reformatory. It was only originally designed to hold around 1,500 inmates. Overcrowding soon became a problem, and you had a serious problem on your hands. You had the mixture of violent offenders and young men who had only committed simple crimes. Now, when those prisoners from the Columbus Penitentiary were brought to Mansfield, one of the first places they were kept was in the attic above the West Cell Block, which is actually a very active location today. So around the mid-1950s, another incident happened at Mansfield Reformatory. There was a major riot, and the carnage and extreme violence broke out. 120 men ended up being punished for the outbreak. All 120 of them were forced into 20 solitary confinement cells, which the solitary confinement cells are the hole at Mansfield, almost like a medieval dungeon. After being confined to the hole for 30 days, the guards opened up one of the cells, only to find that the original six men that had went in, only four remained, and one of the bodies had been stuffed underneath one of the mattresses. In 1990, after a Supreme Court ruling stating that the conditions of Mansfield Reformatory were cruel and unusual, Mansfield Reformatory closed its door to prisoners for the last time. All right, so let's get into the part that everybody's here for, the haunting. So there are many hauntings at Mansfield Reformatory, and in this episode, I'm only going to glaze over some of the most popular. A good resource for finding some of these haunts are in Cherry's book. I'll have a link in the show notes. So there were several deaths on the property, from guards to inmates and other staff members, which one of the most infamous hauntings being that Helen Gladkey, the wife of Arthur Lewis Gladkey, who was one of the wardens to serve at Mansfield Reformatory. Now, Arthur Gladkey was the warden of Mansfield Reformatory from 1935 till his death in 1959. The tragic death of his wife occurred on November 4th, 1950. The story goes that one Sunday morning, Helen was getting ready and was looking in a closet for a jewelry box. When she found the jewelry box, it had dislodged Arthur's service pistol, hitting the ground, causing the firearm to discharge, striking Helen. She later died in the infirmary 
from pneumonia from the wound. Now, this is extremely tragic, not just because it's a life taken too soon, but Arthur Gladkey was actually well-known and respected by the townspeople and the inmates while he served as the warden in Mansfield Reformatory. He was known to make sure that every man went to church. He also piped classical music into the cells to soothe and calm inmates. Arthur only carried on for another nine years without his wife. Then, on February 10, 1959, he was found hunched over in his office and later died in the infirmary from side effects of a heart attack. This next one's infamous because another paranormal team went to Mansfield and gotten a lot of heat for lying about this situation. And I will convey to you, and not just the story I read in Sherry's book, but that of those who actually work at the reformatory. The haunting I'm referring to is that of James Lockhart, who haunts cell 14 on the fourth deck. Now let me remind you that Mansfield does hold the Guinness Book of World Records for the tallest freestanding cell, going all the way up to the sixth floor. After a parole board, where Lockhart was found unfit for parole, he was headed back to his cell, either during a chow time or another recreational time where inmates were allowed out of their cell. Lockhart had asked the guards if he could return to his cell because he wasn't feeling well. After he was returned to his cell, and the cell door was shut, and no one was around, Lockhart had pulled out turpentine that he had taken earlier, that he had taken earlier from the wood shop, dumped it over his head, and lit a match, setting himself on fire to burn. By the time garden inmates had realized what happened, He'd already burned to death in his cell. Now, what's controversial about this story is that people claim, and one man in particular claims it, that he was in the cell next to Lockhart. On an episode of a certain ghost show, he made the claim he was in the cell next to him the day it happened, that he had to splash water on his face from a toilet and sink to keep from burning. However, I have been informed by multiple historians as well as those who have done extensive research on the reformatory that this is not true. There were no inmates in the facility when Lockhart set himself on fire. Now, let's get on to my favorite part of this topic. The crime spree slash killing spree of Robert Daniels and John West. Now hear me out. It's not my favorite because of the killing spree. I have a personal connection with this story, which I'll get into in a minute. So Robert Daniel and John West were two inmates at Mansfield Reformatory. And over the time they spent at the reformatory, they became friends. They had bonded over things that Daniel referred to as fast women and fast cars. And during their time there, they spent a lot of time in the hole together. And that time in the hole is the exact reason that led to one of Ohio's most violent killing sprees. While there, Daniels claims that there was a guard that had mistreated them and abused his power. So in 1948, after being paroled from Mansfield, Daniels and West get together. Now, Robert Daniels was always described as the brains of the operation and West as a simpleton. So basically, Daniels was the brains and West was the muscle. So they had set a plan in motion to go back to Mansfield, find the guard that mistreated them, and kill him. And this plan started in a bar somewhere in Ohio. But they couldn't just go to Mansfield and kill a guard. First, they had to rob, kill, carjack, and a string of other crimes they committed along their way to Mansfield. When they get to the reformatory, they have to find out where the guard lives. So they remembered another administrator that had worked there, Mr. Dawes, who ran the farm for the reformatory. Because the reformatory was a self-sustaining system and had its own farmland that inmates worked on. When they questioned Mr. Dawes, he refused to give them the information, so they took him to a cornfield to torture and get the information from him. They took his wife and his 21-year-old daughter along with him. Not gaining the information, they murdered the Dawes family there in cold blood in the cornfield and continued along their way. This led to a massive statewide manhunt for Daniels and West. Never able to find the guard that they had originally set up for, they were tracked down. And in a shootout, West was struck and killed, and Daniels was later arrested and charged for the crimes and murders that they had committed. Now, to tell you how cold and calculated Daniels was in his actions, 
When asked why he had killed Mrs. Dawes and their daughter, Daniels is quoted in saying, oh, that it was a shame they had to die, but we didn't have rope to tie them up. And in the newsreel that was later showed across the country, Daniels is showed smiling and winking as he's being brought in. And when being brought in, Daniels is quoted in saying, you know, I'll get old Sparky for this, referring to the electric chair, which he did later in 1949. Now I'm going to tell you why that's one of my favorite instances at Mansfield Reformatory. In May of 2022, I was part of a seven-hour lock-in at Mansfield Reformatory. At around two o'clock in the morning, after a brief stint of no activity, me and the people I went with had found a guy that went down to the basement with us. Now, I'm not one to totally believe in clairvoyancy, but I never rule anything out. We had started to communicate using a fl the flashlight method, which is where you set a flashlight down and allow a spirit to answer yes or no questions with uh, a flashlight and dowsing rods or divining rods, which I had never seen used before. As one of them operated and we began to ask questions, the camera and electrical equipment we were using lost power, and full batteries were drained. As we asked questions, we were making contact with somebody that said they liked to play tricks on people. The two tour guides, who happened to be ladies, also asked if they were okay with us being there, and they said yes and then no immediately. And she said, what do you not like about being here? Do you like me here? And we got the answer, yes. And then she asked, do you like them being here? Meaning, myself and the two people I'd gone on the investigation with. And that's where the answer no came in. And then the topic of having fun once again came up. Then it was about time to leave, so we asked a few more questions and started to pack up. She asked the question if the spirit we were communicating with would protect us on our way out. And it responded yes. As we were breaking down, however, the same woman had been asked the questions and, and claimed to be clairvoyant said that she sensed another presence walk into the room. And this is where I started to believe her. I was the furthest back in the room. And when she said that, I felt as if somebody was standing right behind me. Now we packed up and we were able to leave and I didn't think anything of this until I started to do more research. I hadn't made it that far into this book yet, but after finding the story of Daniels and West, I immediately had chills running down my back because a lot of the things that Daniels quoted as saying immediately took me back to when we were talking to that spirit there. And the second spirit showing up at the end, maybe that was West coming back. This incident occurred in the hole, where these two met each other and were said to have spent time. Now, if you want a brave Mansfield Reformatory, I 100% recommend it. It is one of the most extremely satisfying paranormal experiences. Now, I will warn you, it kind of has a really intense feeling while you're there. You really feel unwanted. But like I said, I strongly recommend you go if you have the heart for it. Alright guys, that's the end of our story for this episode. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit subscribe, like, turn notifications on, or follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. I'm Cliff Shanholter and this has been here with us. Thanks for watching.